Why choose this green church? I came to TGC because I saw a place where I could grow spiritually and I also saw people who were interested in my well-being in general. They weren't actually trying to force it, um, but it kind of made me stay because I could see that it was genuine. Um, TGC makes me feel like this is my home. Like I feel old. I feel like I've always wanted a place where I can showcase myself, where I can be discriminated, where I can express how I feel exactly, and that is what TGC is all about. Everything we do is based on the word of God. You don't manipulate it to our own benefit. Like you want things good, and that is what we do. That's why I love you. There you have it. <laughs> Father, we exalt you today. Thank you for the supply of your spirit. Thank you for your workings. Thank you for utterance, revelation, and power. We're never the same again. We take, partake of that resurrection life like never before. We give you all the glory and all the praise, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Welcome someone tonight. Glory to God. Good to see you. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor I'm not conservative. I'm not reserved. I'm born again. <laughs> Glory to God. One more time. I'm not conservative. I'm not reserved. I'm born again. I am the circumcision. I worship God in the spirit. I rejoice in Christ Jesus. I have no confidence in the flesh. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Have you seen? Cup meeting is a time of expanding our knowledge base, deepening our work with God. So the word of God will come to you tonight. And that word will enable you to exercise yourself more in your nature in the spirit all you were born to do is already present and resident within you but there's something about knowledge that enables you to lay hold of the realities that already belong to you when I say lay hold I mean to walk in the reality of what already belongs to you so many times when we say God will do a new thing it is new to you but it's not new it's not new in the sense that it's already done you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Gone to good works, which God has ordained that you should walk in them. But the degree and the dimension you walk in is a function of knowledge. So the more you know, therefore, the more open you are to the move of the Spirit. You can say this way, the Spirit of God is constrained in your life to the level of knowledge that you have. The Spirit of God in activity is constrained in your life to the level of life that you have. So there are things that you think that they are spontaneous. There are things you think it is as a spirit's will that is a function of the knowledge you presently have. It means if you know more, you will yield more. If you yield more, we will see more of the spirit's work through you. That's so important. So there are things that initially you pray for God to do that God is waiting on you to do. What's the difference? Knowledge. In Philemon and verse 6. Philemon and verse 6 says that the communication of your faith 
might become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. It says the communication, that's the sharing of your faith. So there is a sharing, there's a participation of your faith. It says might become effectual by the acknowledging. That's the word comprehension of every good thing which is in you as a result of your union with Christ. So he tells you what you're meant to acknowledge. It's every good thing. Say there are good things in me. Say as I'm seated right now, I'm God's storehouse of good things. So there are good things inside of you. Many of them lying dormant until there is a communication. Until there's an acknowledging. So as you acknowledge, you take hold of what is already present because now you know it is present. So we, God's word, so to speak, is a communication of unseen realities. God's word is a communication of unseen realities. As that word is communicated, in the same way, you can put a spoon on a bowl of soup and stir it up. And whatever is in the soup that is settled at the bottom will rise to the surface and will mix with the general content. God's word is what you dip inside the spirit and bring out good things. So whatever you've experienced so far is not a limitation based on the spirit you have. It's a limitation of knowledge. It says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing. So the good things you've acknowledged so far is the level or the depth to which you have worked when it comes to the things of the spirit. You remember the team is hungry for more. That means there's always more. There's always more. So for instance, when you first got saved, how many of us got filled with the spirit immediately we got saved? We were filled with the spirit. How many of us were filled sometime after we were saved? Okay, so uh, as we continue, I'm going to try to define some terms. How many of you are filled with the spirit? Okay, so I will give you a better definition tomorrow, okay? Today's preamble, amen? Today's preamble. I'll give you a better definition tomorrow. So when I say, are you filled with the spirit tomorrow, you answer me differently when I teach, after I teach what it means. Because you will discover something interesting. Everywhere in the Bible, when the Bible asks a question that if you're filled with the spirit, it never speaks of a static state. It always speaks of an active state. Look here among you, seven men, full of wisdom and of the Holy Ghost, that were said about this business, Acts chapter 6. And they picked seven men. Stephen was one of them. Philip was one of them. Look here among you, in a church of 8,000 men, how do you find seven people filled with the Spirit? The implication is that to be filled is activity. Did you hear what I said? To be filled is activity. How do you pick seven men out of 8,000? If not that, to be filled means they were demonstrating spirit. So look at among you seven men. Every believer in that congregation had the spirit. But not every believer was filled with the spirit. So when the Bible says filled with the spirit, it's not talking about the status. It's talking about activity. If I say you are drunk, I can't be talking about just a state. I'm talking about what I saw that maybe conclude you are drunk. So if I say, are you filled with the spirit? As you are sitting there right now, you are not filled with the spirit. Listen carefully. I don't want to destroy your toilet, but you know, it's hungry for more. Are you hungry for more? Are you hungry for more? Okay. So, to be filled means we see activity. So, if I say, are you filled? The only way you can respond is you must do something. You either shout or jump or run or dance or give a psalm. But you can't be filled sitting.
Praise God. Praise God. Uh -huh, now you are coming along now. So you know why I said you when I said that I'm not conservative. I'm not reserved. I'm born again. We are the circumcision. That worship God in the spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus. We have no confidence in the flesh. See that I mean. So I'm saying that to pray for tomorrow. Because to be filled never means to do nothing. Every man that is filled is always saying doing something. To be filled is activity we can see, we can hear, we can touch, we can feel. It's always activity. Do you have the spirit? Everybody has the spirit. Are you filled? That's a different matter. So you are the one who chooses when to be filled and when not to be filled. You are the one that chooses. It's not up to God, it's up to you. Ephesians 5. Be not drunk with wine when it's excess, but be filled with the spirit. That means it's something within your control. So it's not God's responsibility, it's your responsibility. What's God's responsibility? He gives you spirit. What you do? You stay filled with the spirit. So God gives spirit, you do something with the spirit. You yield to the spirit. That's your responsibility, that's not God's responsibility. Hallelujah. So once you understand, therefore, you are acknowledging, I have spirit. If I have spirit, activity of spirit should be seen in and through me. But I already have spirit. So I'm not trying to get spirit. I was giving spirit and he knew that. John's Gospel of the three, Nicodemus came by night and told Jesus, Master, we know you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles except God be with him. And Jesus said, Very rarely I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's the word, except a man be born from above. Except a man be born outside of this earth realm, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus was puzzled. Is it possible? Should, can a man enter into his mother's womb again after he's been born? Jesus, so to speak, made it worse. But he was actually explaining better. Jesus said, as every man be born of the water, that is the spirit. It's not water and spirit. It's water which is the spirit. Or God's water is spirit. God's water is spirit. Because, you see, water has cleansing property. Water speaks about a birth process. So, as every man born of water, that is the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Then in chapter 4, look at chapter 4. Verse 9. Jesus talking with the woman by the well. Jesus talking to the woman by the well. He's explaining the same principle. He's teaching it sequentially, a different audience. Chapter 3, Nicodemus. Chapter 4, the woman by the well. So Jesus is talking to the woman. The woman of Samaria said, How is it that you being a Jew ask a thing for me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealing with Samaritan. So Jesus asked her, Give me to drink. But you see, Jesus is a prophet. This is God in the flesh talking. So if God says, give me to drink, is it because he has need or he wants to bring you into the fullness of what he has for you? Give me to drink. Then we understand from Jesus' response, give me to drink doesn't mean you will give me. It means I will give you. Look at it. It says, Jesus asked that if you knew the gift of God and who is it who says to you, give me to drink. So when you know this is God's gift and the one who is telling you, give me to drink, that this is God that created heaven and earth, you will have asked of him and will have given you living water. So he's asking you, give me to drink, to call your attention. He's using what you fetch every single day to call your attention to unseen realities. Eternal realities. Give me to drink. If you know the gift of God, you will have been the one doing the asking. So I ask you to get your attention because I'm going to liken what you are used to dealing with every day to something that is eternal in nature now. Hallelujah. Look at the woman's response. Jesus engaged woman in conversation. Next verse, he said, the woman said, no, sir, you have nothing to draw with you. He's still thinking. We're talking about well and water. 
You have nothing to draw with. And maybe tomorrow we'll get there. Because tomorrow we'll discuss how, how you draw from this particular well. Because there's a well that you need to draw from. We'll draw some tonight. Amen. It says, I cannot know Sivra Nakia, Ishto, Kuste Fike, Eno Ka, Este Kiko, Este Su, Su, Frediela, Ishte. Depression can attempt to come upon the child of God, not because it is nature to that child, but because the child has embraced the wrong belief system. Understand that joy is yours all the days of your life. For victory has been given before any challenge ever came up. So there is no challenge that can stand before you any of your days. Joy is there to stand at the door, open the door, and rebuke it. And joy, therefore, will overcome every form of depression in your life, and you will have the last laugh. <laughs> to God. There was no failure until you got sad because you lost the job. Because you didn't have the job you were looking for, you got sad. There was no failure until you allowed sadness to over. For victory was still within you when they said no to you because the victory is the yes of God on your inside. So when they said no, you should have gone to a corner and danced a little. You should have gone to shout a little. You should have gone to scream a little. You should have. 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 For you see, for every no the word brings your way, there is a yes and amen lying on your inside. For the mighty one has given you a yes that the world cannot say no to. So when they say a no, understand it is temporal. <laughs> but that which is eternal is on your inside to answer every situation. So go to a corner, dance a little jig for joy, shout a little, roll a little. Victory is yours at all times. Victory is yours at all times. Glory to God. Glory to God. Eno sante lekia tanshite kia. Every time you have your ear meal, there's irritation all over your scalp every single time. But no more from this time forward. No more from this time forward. Every time you have your ear meal, there's this irritation that always comes upon your scalp that you're almost afraid. But from tonight, no more. You are healed tonight. It will never come back. He's the one says, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Please see them. Where then do you get that living water? Look at what Jesus said. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it as well, as well as his sons and his livestock? What is Jesus' answer? Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than Jacob. Jesus is greater than Abraham. Jesus is greater than Isaac. Jesus is the dream of Isaac. It's the strength of Abraham. Hallelujah. It's a promise to Jacob. Are you greater? He didn't know who was standing for him. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that ask you, give me water to drink. You will have asked him. He will have given you not this well water, but living water. Look at what he said. He said, whoever drinks of this water <laughs> will thirst again. So you keep going and coming. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to what? Everlasting life. Notice the nature of that water. It springs up. It bubbles up to everlasting life. It springs up. It bubbles up to everlasting life. Can you see that? John chapter 7. Jesus is teaching the things of the Spirit. For us to understand the character of the Spirit. He's teaching the new birth. In the new birth, the Spirit of God is in you like a well of water springing up to what? Life everlasting. 
In John chapter 7 and verse 37, Jesus is functioning as a prophet. Explains certain principles of scripture. Look at what he said. John chapter 7 verse 37. He says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Yeah? He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, the old King James will say, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. Now, in case you misunderstand, what does he mean by rivers of living water? Because he's using figures of speech. Rivers of living water. But this is spoke concerning the Spirit. Whom those believing him will receive. Notice, for the Holy Ghost was not yet. Because if you're using King James, the Holy King, it says the Holy Ghost was not yet. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Or the glorification of Jesus is the giving of the Spirit. So when will the Spirit be given? When Jesus is glorified. When will Jesus be glorified? When he rises from the dead. Can you see that? So Jesus gave them pointers. This speaking of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because the Jesus was not yet what glorified. Can you see that? Glorified. That is for his glory to be manifest. That's what it means. Can you see that? John chapter fourteen. Are you coming along tonight? Somebody says, "Why is this foundation necessary? The things of the Spirit are not spooky." A car is spooky to you until you learn how to drive it. They can buy you a car and you know not how to even turn it on. Even though everything has been packaged for you. Particularly if you're driving a car that uses a thumbprint or a voice alert. So if you don't know, you will struggle. You will struggle with the car. There's nothing wrong with the car. The issue is knowledge. So there's nothing spooky about the spirit. But we tend to, so to speak, treat the things of the spirit as spooky because we don't have enough understanding. Now, the understanding of God's word makes you know that all God needs to do about the spirit where you are concerned, he has done. What you need to do now is to know how to yield. There is no believer who does not have the spirit or that's why you're not a believer. But because you have the spirit, then there's how to yield to the spirit, which is why we teach the word of God so that you can know do I yield to the spirit. So Jesus is teaching in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. I'm going to read from verse 2. John chapter 14 verse 2. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Now again, Jesus is a prophet. He's teaching and he's speaking as a prophet. So his teaching is in parabolic form. Because you hear Jesus say, I go, I come. If I go, I will come again. So you are puzzled. Are you going or you are coming? I'm doing both. Because my going is a coming. You need to understand what he's saying. If I go in my father's house, there are many mansions. Who was the father's house when you were speaking? It was the only father's house that we knew because God dwelt in him. When they asked him, show us the father, it would be okay for us. He told them, have you been with me so long and you're still asking, show us the father? He that has seen me has seen the father. If you cannot believe me, believe for the very works, the works that I do, the father that dwells in me is the one doing the works. Is the one doing the works. So he said, in my father's house, there's room for many more to be sons. I go to prepare a place for you. That's what Jesus said. Now look at the next verse. Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, come what? Again? And receive you where? To myself. So that where I am, there you may be. That's not a geographical location. That's a spiritual reality. 
The question you ask is, where was he? It was the father's house. It was the abode of the spirit. The spirit dwelt in him. So if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive it to myself. He's speaking in parabolic form. It was when he rose from there, they began to understand. If I go, I will come. Or my going is not a departure, it's a, it's a coming. If I go, I will come again and I will receive you. Or I will welcome you to where I am. Where was he? It was the father's house. The spirit of God lived in him. I will welcome you to where I am. So that where I am, there you may be what also. So his going is a preparation. Or is the price he will pay in order to bring you to exactly where he is. Where was he? It was the father's house, the abode of the spirit. Can you see that now? So every other thing is going to say, is going to say those things in line with that basic truth. Everything is going to say next. It's not going to depart. It's not saying something. So when you go all the way down to verse 16, for instance, look at verse 16. See what it says. And I will pray the father, don't lose the thoughts. Where is it coming from? I go to pay a place for you. If I prepare a place, I will come again. I what? Receive you to myself. I will bring you into the room I prepared for you. There's the room I will go and prepare. But for you to enter that room, I need to go and prepare that place for you. To prepare means the same place where I am. Not an ante room, not an adjoining room. The same office, the same room that I have with the father as a son. I will bring you into that experience also. I will come and receive you to myself. That's why Hebrews 2 and verse 10 says that he that sanctifies and they who are sanctified, they all have the same father. Wherefore, it's not ashamed to call us what? Brethren, because we have the same spirit. We came from the same womb. That womb of resurrection gave back to him, gave back to us. So when Jesus heard, that was my son, this day you also heard that voice, that my son. You are not inferior to him. No. He told them, as the father has loved me, that's exactly the way he loves you. So when Jesus heard that, those words, thou art my son, this day, he wasn't the only one who heard it. He also heard it. In the womb of that resurrection. He also heard that word, those words. Thou art my son, he who sanctifies, and they who are sanctified, they have the same father. Wherefore, it's not ashamed to call them what? Brethren. We are brethren. Partakers of the same resurrection. Having the same life. Dwelt in by the same spirit. So when he says, I will pray the father, Go back to John chapter 14 and verse 16. Don't think of that word pray as somebody kneeling down to make a request. No. He's continuing the teaching. I will go and prepare a place for you. So he says, we'll pray the Father and he shall give you. The word pray means the price that will ensure that you are in the same place which is to have the same spirit. I will pay the price. That's what I will pray. He's not talking about we'll kneel down to pray. He's saying whatever is required, I will have accomplished in my death, in my burial and resurrection. Can you see that now? So, you see, it's written or translated in English, but these are not English words. You have to read them contextually. This is what he's saying. And I will pray the Father. How Jesus prayed the Father? He will pay the price. How would he pray the price? He will die. He will bury it. He will rise again. That resurrection is the demand from the Father. In my resurrection, I will have accomplished. I will prepare a place for you. So that where I am, where will you be? I'll be risen from the dead. Never to return to death again. That's redemption. So, when you see a believer, never again, hallelujah, never again to be condemned. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has what? May be free from the law of sin and death. I'll pray the Father. 
he shall gift you he shall gift you with another comforter that he may abide with you forever or the comforter is how the father will abide with you forever the comforter means another of the same kind so if you are thinking he's talking about listen carefully you would think he's talking about a third party but again contextually redone nothing was said about comforter in verse 1 and 2 and 3 I will go and prepare a place. I will come again. So who is going? Jesus. Who is coming? Jesus. Who prepares place? Jesus. Who will receive you? Jesus. Then suddenly verse 16 introduces comforter. So don't think he's talking about the third person. Comforter is a description of the form in which Jesus will come back to you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. How will he come to you? I will send another comforter. Who is comfort? Another comfort. Another of the same kind. Or by the spirit that indwells you today, I'll be present with you in your heart, on the inside of you. I will be present with you. That is me. I have come again to you. Glory to God. See, I'll pray for that. He shall give another comfort. That you may abide with for that. Look at the next verse. It says, verse 18 of 17. Even the spirit of reality, the reality of my resurrection, whom the world cannot receive because he sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him for he dwelleth with you. Notice that he is dwelling with you, but he shall be where? In you. Why is he using those words? It shall be in his futuristic. It won't happen until I rise from the dead. I will pray the Father. How will you pray the Father? I will die. I will be buried. When I rise, that is the summary of I will pray the Father. That I will gift you with another comforter. So that the Father through the comforter may abide with you forever. So who is the father who is the comforter? I will come again and receive you to myself. It is play of words. It's not talking about different things. He's explaining the same experience. Look at the next verse. See what it says. I will not leave you comfortless. Who will come? I will come. But I thought you said comforter. Yes. Who is comforter? It is me coming. Our spirit. I will live in you. Matthew 28 from verse 18. Look at Matthew 20 verse 18. Are you coming along tonight? Are you hungry for war? Remember, when it comes to you, lone ikilunanste estro kalania enko piketile eke shiko staka. When the door is open, as you step out in tongues, why do you always draw back? When I've thrown the door open, for as you knock on the door of utterance, it is as you yield to tongues, and as you knock on the door, there are many more behind the door. So keep the door open, and don't be in the east. Keep the door open. And don't be discouraged. Keep the door open. For there are many treasures behind that door that you have opened. For the utterance. That supernatural enabling called tongues. Is you throwing the door open. To all the riches of the glory. Of the inheritance that I have given you. In my son. So when you throw it open. Tarry a little bit. Do not be in the hurry. That you may take from this table. And take from that table. Is a buffet that only heaven can supply. So do not be in a hurry. Take your time. Tarry. Speak. And speak more. You spoke in now speak more. And as you speak more, I will guide you. And interpretations will arise in your heart. But you've always opened the door and you've closed it back. You've not tied long enough for the door to be pushed open. For as you stay at the door, you push it further. As you speak further, you are entering the law. You are entering the door. So you take of a little word of knowledge here. You take a little interpretation here. You take word of wisdom here. 
you take the sign of spirit here. Then you begin to take gifts of healings for from utterance to revelation, from revelation to power. That's how it functions. So you have to learn to tarry. You have to learn to tarry. You have to learn to tarry. For through that utterance, I will move you into the deeper things. Deeper things. But don't always turn away at the door. Tarry and speak more. And as you speak more, I will move you into the deeper waters. And your experiences shall be rich. And your fellowship, not occasionally, on a daily basis, shall be full of the riches of the glory of the inheritance I've given to you. Glory to God. Amen. Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Notice what it says. Go ye therefore and teach. If you are reading that normally, all power is given unto me. He came and stood before them. This is Matthew's way of explaining what he taught them in John chapter 14 and 15 and 16. Look at how Matthew says it. All power is given unto me. That's the word authority. In heaven, that is an art. Go ye therefore. You feel like saying, you are the one with all authority and all power. He go. Is it not so? If you were there, what would you think? You say all power, then ye go. But because they knew, when he said all power is given unto me in heaven and heart, means all power is given unto us in heaven and heart. Because as he is. Now I want to ask you a question. Can you imagine Jesus struggling with tongues and interpretation? Oh, I don't know whether I have faith for this. Ah. Let me jump a little. Can you imagine Jesus doing that? But as he is. If Jesus gives a message in tongues, will you look for interpretation? He will just give it. The spirit that gave tongues gives interpretation. The same spirit gives you word of knowledge. The same spirit. What are you meant to do? Exercise yourself in the spirit. That's all. How do you know? The spirit of God just gave you an instruction earlier. He says you come to the door, you open it, then you go back. That means you speak a little bit. You stop. He says persist. If you persist, your mind will be able to see much more of what is behind the door. Tongues is the doorway, but don't stand by the door. Enter the room. It's full of goodies. It's full of goodies. Things to enrich your fellowship on a daily basis. Psalms, which are hymns, that is spiritual songs, that will, so to speak, comfort and strengthen, encourage you even before challenges arise. And within it will flow revelation gifts at the same time. Now prepare your heart so you can sing today and you sing out March 2022. You even know it's going to be on the 4th of March that this and this and this will happen. You know in advance because you are a spirit being, the spirit of God abides within you. How did you get there? Station beside you are the angels of God waiting for instructions. Not natural instructions, instructions by the Spirit. By the Spirit, by the Spirit. So that as you give that utterance, interpretation comes. Your heart is enriched, the angels are released. So your heart is enriched, the angels are released. They are distracted because the same Spirit on your inside that you yielded to gave the command for the angels to go. So many times you hold the angels back from the assignment because you refuse to yield to the Spirit. So learn to here, and by 29th of December, the rent will be paid. The rent will be paid. 
That's why I said in tongues. What are those things waiting on? Waiting for you to speak. You are empowered to speak. The spirit is the victory. The spirit is the resurrection. The spirit is the comfort that dwelling in you. It is Jesus come to you now and alive in you today. Go ye therefore into all the and preach the gospel. Lo, I am with you. Or the I am is now with you. When he said, lo, I am, he used that phrase that he used for God in the Old Testament. I am that I am. Said, lo, or look, I am with you. And he was going. I don't understand. You are ascending. We are watching you go. I am with you. He's saying, I'm leaving your physical sight because you are still used to seeing me physically. He's hindering you from knowing that I'm already on your inside. When he stood before them, he was inside of them. He stood before them to give them instructions physically for the last time. Because now the instructions will keep coming, but to be on their inside. But if you stay with them physically, they will not be able to recognize spiritual realities. So he has sent out of their sight, never leaving them. Because he was already in them by the Spirit. And lo, that is behold, the I am is with you. The I am is now where? In you. No wonder it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never, I will never, I will never. So that you can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. There's nothing that man can do unto me. So when I'm in a difficult situation, the I am is with me. And when I'm facing challenges, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you feel forsaken? Yes. Has he forsaken you? No. I will never, I will never, I will never. That's the amplified version. Three times. Equivalent of an oath. I will never leave in a forsaken so that you can boldly say, so I'm informing you so you will know what to say and how to take your stand. The Lord is my helper. Not the Lord will be my helper. Is present tense continuous. So no matter what situation I'm in, Psalm 46 is a reality. The Lord is our regular strength. A very present help. A readily available help in the time of need. Readily available. In other words, all he's waiting is for you to stir up. To stir up the help that's already where inside. Glory to God. That's what he's waiting for. To stir up the help that's already on the inside. It's an utterance away. It's a message away. It's a declaration away. Glory to God. But don't stand by the door. Admire the door. Enter the room. There's a buffer. Buffing on the inside. Inside that same room. He has prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The things of the Spirit are not spoken. You are in the Spirit now. And the Spirit is in you now. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. Are you getting something tonight? Let's go back to King James, please. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. Romans 8, 9, King James, but you are not in the flesh, <laughs> but in the spirit. If it is a fact that the spirit of God dwells in you, but you are not in the flesh. To be in the flesh is to be without spirit. It should not be born again. He said, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. So a believer doesn't try to get in the spirit. A believer is in the spirit. Your address is the spirit. 
that you have the spirit now. Your habitation is the spirit. The spirit that you have defines your address and where you are right now. So you don't try to get in the spirit. You know people say, that well, let us get in the spirit. No, you don't get there. You are there. That's where you live. What you mean is let me exercise myself where I am. You can't get in the spirit. God has to put you there. So in Christ Jesus, God has put you in the spirit. You are now in the spirit and the spirit is in you. He says, but you are not in flesh, but in the spirit. Your identity is spirit. The only people who have right to get in the spirit are those who are not saved. They ought to get in the spirit because they are not saved. But God put you in the spirit. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Because the spirit of God dwells in you now. But if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So there's no one who has the spirit of Christ that does not have the spirit. You have the spirit. Say, I'm in the spirit. I'm of the spirit. I'm born of the spirit. The spirit is in me now. So I'm in the spirit. At all times, I'm in the spirit. Being in the spirit and taking things of the spirit are two different things. You can be in the spirit and not take the things of the spirit. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 2. Are you coming along tonight? You've got to learn how to separate your feelings from your spiritual reality. I'm wearing a ring tonight. According to the world standards, this ring is a token and a sign that I'm married. But this ring is not marriage. Somebody else can wear this ring and not be married. So this ring doesn't tell me that I'm married. It is to let you know that I'm, I'm married. It doesn't let me know. Whether I wear it or not, I know I'm married. If I forget, when I get to I have three kids waiting for me. That will remind me quickly that I'm married. You understand? So the ring is a token for you. It's not a token for me. Because this ring is not marriage. It's a token or a sign pointing to something else. Can you, do you understand that now? So now, you are in the spirit has nothing to do with feeling. You may not even feel married sometimes. Forget it. Feeling or no feeling, you're married. If you're married. Hallelujah. Those who are married, know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you don't feel married. Today, I'm not even going to cook anything. I don't want anybody to stop my life. Bros, sister, you're married. You're married. It's not feeling. It's a reality. It's a fact. You are, you are just married. You've done it. It is done. Feeling or no feeling. The feeling that feeling of not feeling will, will pass. Reality will set you in. The same thing when it comes to the things of the spirit. Your reality is in the spirit. Your life is in the spirit. Your identity is spirit. Your address is spirit. You are not God's habitation. That means when we are looking for God, we should come looking for you. You are God's address. Do you understand that? As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I have news for you. What is talking about? As many as were led out of the flesh, they were led out of sin. They were led out of the first Adam into the last Adam. As many as are led out of works of darkness, they are the sons of God. How were they led? By the Spirit of God. Can you see that now? So you have been led out of, I don't have tongues. You have been led out of, I don't have prophecy. You have been led out of, I don't have word of knowledge. You have been led out of, I don't have Psalms. No, you left that a long time ago. You are now spirit. And spirit is in you. And your identity and address is spirit. So now you no longer say, I don't have. You say, I have. Whether you feel like it or not. That means when we're looking for what God is saying, we should come to you because you're not God's address. You are the habitation of God. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what good works. So when we come to you, you have not the right to say, Sister, give us a psalm. You say, Pastor. Pastor, you didn't want me before. Pastor, I'm not prepared. Pastor, you should have told me since yesterday I will have prayed. The prayer won't give you a psalm. 
prayer may prepare you to take the psalm. The psalm is in you because the spirit is in you. Because the spirit is a fountain of education on your inside. Do you understand the difference? So prayer doesn't give you a psalm. Prayer makes you receive the psalm that's already present. So when we ask you, sister, do you have a psalm? You don't check your head. You check the revelation of Christ. I have a psalm because I have the spirit. If I have the spirit, then I have a psalm. What do you do? You step out. And when you step out by faith, what happens? You take hold. Start. We have somebody who has the message in tongues. Can you give us interpretation? Oh, and I've not really fellowship today. No, it's not about fellowship. It's about having the spirit. Say, I have spirit. Say, I have spirit. I have the things of the spirit working in me. Galatians chapter 3. This only will I learn of you. Received you the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. He's writing to the church at Galatia. This only, only one thing am I interested in knowing. He says, did you receive the spirit? So, they had the spirit. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? The word faith is God's faithfulness. How did you receive the spirit? You heard about God's faithfulness. You heard that he has raised Jesus from the dead. You heard that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but shall have evil last. That's God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness is in raising Jesus from the dead. When you heard about it, you believed, and when you believe, you received the spirit. So, so did you receive the spirit by your works or by he hearing of God's faithfulness? You heard about what God has done. What has he done? He has raised Jesus from the dead. What does that mean? All the promises of God, they are now? Yes. And they are amen to the glory of God by him. So the hearing of God's faithfulness is what gives you spirit. You are saved by grace through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? That's the gift of God's faithfulness. It is God's faithfulness that gives you spirit. If you started with God's faithfulness, you continue with God's faithfulness. So, if you receive the spirit by hearing of God's faithfulness, then all you need to hear to exercise yourself in the spirit is to hear about God's faithfulness in that spirit. Hallelujah. You can hear that. If you receive the spirit, how do you receive the spirit? You hear about God's faithfulness. To receive the spirit means to be born again. You say, I'm born again. I'm a new creation. I have the comforter. Christ lives in me now. Glory to God. So, you have the spirit. I have the spirit. This only will I learn of you. Received you the spirit by the works of the law. Is it by human effort? Or by you hearing how faithful God has been in raising Jesus from the dead? No, you heard about God's faithfulness, what he has done. That's God's faithfulness. Look at the next verse. In that Galatians chapter 3. Are you so foolish? Are you without the right thinking pattern? Are you not reasoning spiritually? Haven't begun in the spirit. Haven't had your genesis in the spirit. Haven't had your origin in the spirit. Can you now research the flesh? Haven't begun. So whoever has received the spirit, you are described as having begun in the spirit. If you receive the spirit, you began in the spirit. So if you began in the spirit, the spirit is not a stranger to you. You are the spirit. You are familiar. You are family. That's where you began. So spiritual expressions should not be strange to you, except you are not taught. Except you are not taught. Most of the experiences you will learn in church are different times and places of fellowship. God will have tried to bring you into them only because you were not taught. Maybe you didn't know how to yield to them. Hallelujah. The first time I ever laughed in the spirit, I was on my own. 
before I saw them doing the congregation in the 90s, I laughed. Then I said that, since I feel alive, let me just laugh a bit more. And I continue laughing. And I laughed more. And before I knew what was happening, I was in the rolling floor laughing. I knew it was because there was nothing funny in my environment. But there's something victorious about the resurrection of Jesus. When Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, well, again, that dreamed. There was our mouth. 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 Filled. Filled with laughter. And our tongue was singing. Our mouth was filled with laughter. Check your mouth. There's laughter there. There's laughter there. Glory to God. There's laughter there. Why? Because have you begun in the spirit? You are not made perfect in the flesh. And the spirit and the flesh, they are opposite. So the spirit will prompt. But beyond prompting, because you began in the spirit, and you have the spirit, you can act out the spirit, even when you don't have any prompting. Because the spirit is reality to you now. Hallelujah. There are times when there's a prompting to laugh and to rejoice. But more often than not, you can start it yourself. There are times you feel like praying. How many of you know you feel like praying in tongues sometimes? There's a heart to pray. How many of you have slept before? You were praying in your sleep and you woke up praying in tongues. How many of you have heard? Now, that is a prompting from the Spirit. But beyond the prompting from the Spirit, if that can happen with tongues, it can happen with any other spiritual activity. So sometimes there's this urge to... <laughs> but beyond that now, you can jumpstart it yourself. Some reason why? Because joy is always there. Joy is a constant companion. The things I haven't begun in the spirit, so you began joyfully. You began with rejoicing. Are you not made perfect with sorrow? Are you not made perfect mourning and complaining? No. How did you begin in the spirit? So it means you began in joy. You began victorious. Are you not made perfect in defeat? Uh-uh. Whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. And this is the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Hallelujah. Nothing is bigger than the joy on your inside. That joy is proof of victory every single time. So we are teaching believers now how to yield more and more to that joy. That's what we're doing. That's why if you seem to be a bit sluggish when it comes to picking things of the spirit, laugh a little. Dance a little. Shout a little. What are you doing? You are stirring up those things on the inside. Haven't begun in the spirit. Are you not made perfect in the flesh? Where do you begin? In the spirit. Hallelujah. The reason why I'm not laughing is because I'm teaching. But the laughter is just somewhere there in the background. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Is it this atmosphere? <laughs> You are the one even controlling you say, sit up. Peter <laughs> said, you rejoice greatly or you can rejoice moderately. You are the one in charge. I'll just do. <laughs> Who speaks in tongues? You. Who stops speaking? You. Who does the laughing? You. Who stops the laughter? You. Is it within your control? Yes. <laughs> I 
Coming from here on the inside, joy unspeakable, full of glory, 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 glory to God. The things of the spirit they are not spoken, the things of spirit are given for your benefit. It's in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 25. Galatians 5.25. See what it says. Galatians 5.25. See what it says. If we live in the Spirit, or since we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We already live in the Spirit. We began living in the Spirit by the new birth. Haven't begun in the Spirit. Our identity, our beginning is in the spirit. Let us now walk or conduct ourselves in the spirit. It's a functional choice. I'm the one that walks in the spirit. God gives me spirit. I walk in the spirit. The spirit is God's conduct through me. That's what the spirit is. The spirit is God's conduct through me. And it's so simple. We just walked in the spirit just now. We just rejoice. Just, I mean, you're so sorry. We just laugh in the spirit. And it's a laughter that's in every single believer. You know, some are so rigid. They are so rigid. The joy, the fountains on your inside. Jesus already said, the water that I will give you shall be in you. A fountain of living water springing up. It is springing up. And one of the greatest expressions of that fountain is joy. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy that has nothing to do with your environment. The first message in tongues and interpretation said that because you were rejected, concerning that job, you lost it. It wasn't the loss that was the problem. It was your response that was the issue. It is that there was a yes on your inside that the Spirit of God wanted you to give in that situation. For when that thing happened at that time, you should have gone to a corner and danced a jig for joy and laughed a little bit because that's the arithmetic of victory. It is never taking no for an answer that if they said no yes because there's a bigger yes somewhere. But you allowed yourself to get into depression and sorrow not knowing that you, you were, there was an opportunity. Whatsoever is born of God, overcome the world. This is the victory. It, you're already the victory. The victory is a new birth. The new birth, the joy of the Holy Ghost. That's the victory. That's the victory. You've already overcome. You are not going to overcome. You have overcome. You have overcome. Someone is saying, ah. so Pastor, what you're saying is that if I just speak a little bit and I dance, that's victory. Ah, it's victory. Hey, is victory. Peter said, it is joy that's unspeakable. If it's not speakable, it's shoutable. 
if not speakable, it's danceable. You don't know. <laughs> it's runnable. If it's not to be spoken, it is to be expressed somehow. It's to be expressed somehow. Glory to God. And that's the joy that I that you have in your inside. That's the expression of the spirit. That's so basic, basic, every single believer can flow in it. Sit down a minute. So learn to tell yourself to laugh. Practice rejoicing on your own. Follow it up with utterance. Don't expect that there will be none. There will always be some. I can show you in the scriptures how the order is. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. He says, rejoice evermore or evermore rejoice. You know what that means? When you finish rejoicing, rejoice again. Also, how long should I rejoice? Rejoice. Again, I say unto you, rejoice. Every time you read that verse, if you keep saying, rejoice. I just finish again, rejoice. And that's what I just rejoice again. I just finish again, again rejoice. <laughs> Pastor, you know what happened? We know what has already happened. What happened doesn't matter. It is what has happened before that matters. And what has happened before is bigger than what is happening. I mean, all what has happened, there is no situation that you cannot look in the face at it. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? I'm being victorious. I'm demonstrating my victory. No, you have the last laugh. You have the final say. You have the last laugh. Glory to God. You should have the last laugh. No, 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 no. You don't let situations tell you what will be. You tell situations what will be. You determine the outcome of every situation. You have the joy of the Holy Ghost. You have the victory of Christ on your inside. Rejoice evermore or evermore rejoice. Evermore rejoice. Every time you read it, you say the same thing. Rejoice evermore. What do you mean? Evermore rejoice. So there is no end to the believer's rejoicing. It's a lifestyle. They asked me, Wiggles, what? You've been able to raise over 20 people from the dead. You've had major revivals in every major continent of the world. How do you do it? What's the first thing you do in the morning? Is that some of you go to the bedroom? Some of you go to the loo? Some of you go and brush your teeth? The first thing I do in the morning is that I, the minute my feet lands on the floor, I do high speed dancing for five to seven minutes. So, what do you mean? Say, I'm rejoicing. I'm a rejoicing spirit. Some years back, I called the phrase CRO, Chief Rejoicing Officer. It's an office. It's an office. We ask you, have you rejoiced today? People should be asking, brother, have you rejoiced today? Why is your face hard? Something is wrong. You have not rejoiced today. You have not partaken of that victorious stream today. So before the day is over, rejoice some. Rejoice a bit more. Glory to God. Just a bit more. You are working in an office. Opposition is mounting. Some men are going to rule. Your name is likely to be on the list. And you are waiting like a mere man. When you are the habitation of God's spirit. Your very present help in the time of need. And you are not using the help. You are not using the help. Why do you think we have a restroom? You heard there's going to be a meeting. 
In that meeting, there will be a shake up. You first go to the restroom to go and shake up first. You tell them, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. You lock the door, check everywhere. Nobody's there. Hey! <laughs> it's serious business. It's serious business. That first line says, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ just concerning you. He says, quench not the spirit. So, praying, rejoicing, giving thanks is the spirit in expression. He says, quench not the spirit. What does that mean? Don't stop rejoicing. Don't stop praying. Don't stop giving thanks. Because quench not the spirit. You know what it means to quench the spirit? It means to stop whatever the spirit has started. The spirit gave you rejoicing. It gave you prayer. It gave you thanks. And you want to stop it. They don't stop it. You lead it somewhere. Despise not prophesying. Say, because you will soon enter utterance if you continue that way. You will soon enter utterance. Prove all things. You will soon enter utterance. What is that for? Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Quench not the spirit. Don't put out the fire of the spirit. That fire is seen in the utterance. That fire is seen in the rejoicing. That fire is seen in the prayer. It's seen in the things. He said, don't put it out. Don't stop it. Continue. Keep it. Glory to God. This is not for calm meeting. It's for everyday life. It's for everyday life. You learn to live this way. You learn to dominate this way. You learn to rule this way. You realize the helper on your inside must find expression through you. You are the one that brings the helper into motion. Glory to God. You are the one that brings the helper into motion. You're not waiting for him. He's waiting on you to act. So when you are rejoicing, why are you rejoicing? Because the helper is on the inside. Rejoice. Again, I say unto you, rejoice. And the person that wrote that, the person that wrote that letter was in prison. And was in the worst season of his life. And he's telling you that you are outside prison to rejoice. You know, there's something. It means rejoicing has nothing to do with circumstance or situation. It's bigger. Paul told them, my hands are bound, but the word of God is not bound. He wrote his most joyful letter when he was in prison, when he was bound. Rejoice. Again, I say unto you, rejoice. Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Glory to God. Be careful for nothing. So whatever the challenge is, God is telling you, your victory lies in your rejoicing. Because as you rejoice, answers will rise to the surface. Supernatural solutions will come. No. You've prayed and prayer is important. And prayer is good. We will never believe to prayer. But the question is this. Have you really prayed until you have rejoiced? Because the strength to continue praying comes in your rejoicing. Who is really doing praying? The one who prays and then stop. <laughs> but what are you doing? I'm praying. This prayer that you're laughing at is victory. I'm taking victory and I'm continuing. I receive strength. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Glory to God. It's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. The things of the Spirit clearly made manifest, springing forth in men and women of this local assembly. The things of the Spirit finding expression, embracing those that are without, bringing them into the fold. The things of the Spirit contributing to every service, nothing hidden. From the sight of God, nothing hidden 
from the eyes of the church. You are the church of the Lord Jesus, the embodiment of the resurrection reality. So that reality through you now will be made manifest in the things of the spirit and advanced warnings will be received and issues will be resolved before they ever manifest. For the spirit of sin and knowing will rest upon you and you will see and know by the spirit of God. You will see things to come before they ever happen. Before they ever manifest, you will be in the know of those things by the grace of God. So in this season, learn to stir up yourself, not just in utterance, but as you yield to utterance, expect to enter into revelation gifts. And as you enter, expect that power gifts will come into manifestation. For all those things are yours. All those things belong to you. All those things are part of the inheritance that has been given to you. Having begun in the spirit, having begun in revelation, you began in utterance. So also you move also into power. Having begun, you continue. You don't turn back. You keep walking. So as you learn to rejoice, you know rejoicing is victorious life in expression. That's the power of God manifest through you. Do not take it lightly. Take it. Take it in faith and express it more and more. Tell yourself the days ahead. There are days of victory for me. There are days of conquest for me. There are days of supernatural answers for me. There are days of heaven and earth for me. The days ahead, there are days I will express the fullness of the blessing in all areas of my life. The days ahead are days of plenty, the days of abundance. I will know no lack. I will not come behind in any good thing. The goodness of God ambushes me on every side. The days ahead, the days ahead, supernatural favor marks me out in the days ahead. I know exactly what to do at all times. I'm at the right place at the right time. For the grace of God avails for me. Yea, I reap a mighty harvest out of the goodness of the Father in my life. This is that season of change. This is that season of increase. This is that season of supernatural progress. I'm not left behind. I'm not left behind in every good thing that the Father has planned and prepared for me. So I sure and I walk on in those things, in those realities. And those realities, they become my experience. They become my experience. They become my experience. Glory to God. Glory to God. Having begun in the spirit, you began in the spirit. You are born of the spirit. Your life is in the spirit. Having begun in the spirit, you are to continue in the spirit. Since you live in the spirit, walk in the spirit. How do you walk? You open your mouth. You open your mouth and you begin. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. And they were all filled with use and they began. They were all filled and they began. How do you begin? The way every other believer begins. To begin means there's an end. If there's an end, therefore, as you begin, you begin with the end in mind. If I begin, surely there's an end. What would the end be? Things of glory. For the tongues was not given until he rose. So because he rose, tongues is the language of his resurrection. Tongues is given to convey the invisible realities of the resurrected Lord. So you realize there's a bandwidth to tongues that's beyond the natural. It's the weight of God's glory that's been expressed in a language. So understand that as you begin, there is an end. For had they known the day of Pentecost that what they started to speak will lead to 3,000 souls saved. They spoke out enough power for 3,000 people to be saved on the day of Pentecost through tongues. They were speaking. 
they were speaking. They didn't know they were calling men to salvation. At the end of the day, Peter preached. After Peter preached, 3,000 souls. Where do you think the power of conviction came from? It came from the three hours they had spoken in tongues earlier. So they began. Just like you, they just began. The beginning is what you know. The end, you may not fully know. So as you begin, you will be ushered into the fullness. And all that is available. In the days ahead, I will give you more direction. I'll speak more clearly to you. It will be as though I'm thinking through your mind. It will be as though I'm thinking through your mind. But when it begins to occur, it begins to take place. Understand, that's interpretation that is coming forth. 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 Don't be afraid when the plans change. You've laid everything out. It's going to be this way and this way and this way. But there's a twist and a bend in the process. Don't be afraid. Don't panic. Give him praise. You've laid out your plan. The twist is his own plan. He will bring you into something fuller, something richer than what you wanted to do before. Remember, I told you so today. When it begins to manifest. In the days to come, remember. When the bend comes, don't be tempted to murmur. Yield to rejoicing. Yield to rejoicing. And the fullness of it. Who is suffering from ulcers? Who is suffering from ulcers? Who is suffering from ulcers? No, 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 then you move to power gifts. Are you seeing pro- are you seeing projections? Utterance, revelation, then power gifts. I'm giving you a demonstration. Okay. I want to say, where's the power? The power is what we yield them out. The revelation gifts is I call that the case. I minister to her by the spirit. Glory to God. Which person has the limbs? The limbs. The limbs, your limbs. Is it also? Also, limbs, your limbs. Okay. Is there any other person? Limbs. I said, you know what limbs are now? Your limbs. 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 Your arms and legs. You feel there's a, there's a, there's a pain. In your, yeah. Your hands. Okay. Also, where is it? Well, you can't feel it right now. Okay. Stand here. Are you also? Glory to God. Just look at me. Look at me. Something else is happening to her beyond healing.
power of God is on her. And that power is in our hands. Now, if you're feeling a sensation in your hands right now, you're feeling a sensation in your hands. And some of you are feeling it in your feet. It's a sensation in your hands, in your feet. If you're feeling a sensation in your hands, in your feet, come forward, come forward here. In your hands, right? She came forward for healing, but there's something burning in her hands. Am I right? Now, there's going to be activations tonight. Ministry of laying of hands and the gift of healings. Imparted. Where is the trembling? Your, your, your legs. Where is the trembling? Your hands. Your legs. The trembling is in your legs. Okay. It's your hands. Your hands. And your legs. Boots. So, what to be upon you will be a cloak. It will be a cloak. Like a cloak. The function of God's spirit will do like a cloak. Where is it? I mean, your hands. Okay. Your hands also. Alright. So, everywhere I go, the activations are along this line. Just lift your hands like this. Now, look at me. When I point at you, it will increase. It's become heavier. It's getting heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier and stronger. Stronger. If your eyes are open, just look at me. It's getting heavier now. It's getting heavier now. All across. It's getting stronger. It's getting stronger. Getting stronger. It's getting stronger. Getting stronger now. Getting stronger now. Getting stronger now. Yeast of God. Yeast of God. Yeast of God. Yeast of God. Open your eyes. Look at me. Don't be afraid. Just look at me. Just keep looking at me. Keep looking at me. Don't be afraid. It's getting stronger. It's getting stronger. There's nothing to be afraid of. You don't know what this is, so you're a bit afraid. I can see that. But open your eyes. Just look straight at me. And I'll let you set it up on you. Stronger, stronger. Say yes, Lord. Say yes, Lord. Say yes, Lord. Say yes, Lord. Sometimes people don't know how to yield. I just taught you how to yield. There is glory, mighty walking power at work in me. At work in me.
in conception that is taken care of. There is favor. Pastor, before officials, with respect to church, unusual favor. Before the right officials, no opposition whatsoever. It's just this fever that just rests upon you tonight. If all those that matter, the respect to this assembly and the things of the Spirit, the first quarter of the year, so many testimonies of changed lives, of increase, of blessings, of first quarter. So many testimonies. You begin to hear of them. So many here ministers released tonight. Your work has started. The sensation you felt activated. You begin to have opportunities to express it from tonight. The body will not stop it to continue. You will learn how to yield to God's spirit along that area. What to see, what to do will come. As you step out in faith, as you deepen your work with God, there will be clarity concerning direction. So don't be afraid. That young man I minister to, yeah, don't be afraid. Don't draw back. And don't run. Don't draw back. Don't be afraid. Don't run. As you yield, he will show you. Astonish things are going to happen through you. Some very strange things are going to happen through your hands. Don't be afraid. It's not that God prefers to use us who hide. But don't be afraid. Don't let fear rob you of what they want to do through you. Something has begun tonight. It will continue. It will snowball into something much bigger. But this assembly will never be the same. The glory of God is upon us. His goodness will be seen in days to come. In full measure, lift up your hands one more time today, and let's thank you, Father. We are grateful. We thank you for your goodness, for your loving kindness, for all you have done for us, and all you bring to us. We thank you for this day, yesterday. We thank you much more for tomorrow and the mighty things that will take place, even tomorrow. Thank you. We move into deeper waters, even tomorrow. We flow into greater operations of your spirit. We give expression to the things that you have ordained for us in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you.